The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Well, hello, Refuge Church. Hello. It is, uh, it's good to be up here. Uh, um, I haven't preached very much lately. Because I've been traveling all around, so I, I think I'm a little more nervous than usual. Last week, Lisa, after she shared her story, she goes, man, what do you do when you get you know, really nervous? And I was like, man, you just know that you hope no one remembers you, and they just, they just remember God. Um, I want to answer a question that some of you guys might have, which is, uh, what are we doing with three gatherings? Is that the long-term plan? Uh, we're having three gatherings next week for Easter, 845, 10, 11.30. And, and to put fears aside, that is not the ongoing plan that we go and, uh, you know, we're preaching three times every Sunday and the music team and, the, you know, the people help sing, helping set up. It, that's not the plan at all. The, the hope is that as the refuge house churches continue to get healthy and we're reading the scripture together and we're talking about them and, and leaders, mature leaders who help others grow in their faith are able to plant other house churches that we can have refuge churches meet also at the Port Orchard Coffee Oasis and the Paulsville Coffee Oasis. Our goal is not to just keep getting bigger here. Um, our goal is intimacy with God and intimacy with one another. And that's very hard to do if, if you just keep gathering more and more people in, in one location. And so uh, we, we really, and also like your elders, your pastors aren't, aren't trying to gain followers. Like we really want other mature men and women to be able to really um, exert their spiritual influence over other people. So um, yeah, we, our heart is really raising up leaders and being able to plant more house churches and have faithful people of God uh, worshiping at the other coffee oasises and, and other coffee oasises because we really hope that as the refuge churches, people are coming to know Jesus and as the youth come to, because they've heard that the coffee oasis is a safe place where they can be loved, that they also come to know Jesus. And that, that the refuge church and the coffee oasis, the relationship can keep growing and growing strong, that we can make a good investment in those kids that are coming to find hope and healing um, at the Coffee Oasis. So that's, that's the big plan. It's not, it's not that we just have three gatherings here. So um, if you have more questions, because answering that question probably raises more questions for you, um, you can talk with any one of the elders. Um, I was not here two weeks ago because Jordan and I were down in California meeting with a group of house churches called We Are Church. And... I went down, you know, I just had this long trip in Asia and was just tired of traveling. You know, what was me? I'm traveling to Asia, right? And so I, I go down to California and literally I'm thinking, man, I just, I want to be home. Like, I love being home. I'm kind of a, a homeboy. Um, and so, why are you laughing? And so, you know, I head down to California and I'm... Uh, I'm like glad to be there, but, but thinking, man, I just, is this the best use of my time? And leaving, what Jordan and I came away with really was just this strong 
this strong desire that the presence of God be the center of what we do here at the Refuge Church. That, you know, if, if the band doesn't show up on a Sunday, we can still experience the presence of God. If we end up just praying on a Sunday morning, we can still experience the presence of God. There's so many things that we have as, as traditions that are good things, you know, hearing the word of God preached and all these things. But really, at the end of the day, what we want more than anything is, is God, right? Is, is his presence, to know him better. And so um, I just want to encourage you with that. <clears throat> and so today, what I'm going to be preaching on is the presence of God as we look at the story of Palm Sunday, of Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the donkey. And next week, uh, we're going to hear some preaching on the power of God. So we're going to take just a two-week break from preaching through the Read the Scripture, which we're doing, um, and look at those stories. So when I think of the presence of God, well, I I'll, guess I'll just say when I think of presence, because that, that might be a hard word to grasp, like the presence of God, what does that mean? Does that mean just like sitting in a corner, just like trying to feel? Well, when I just think of presence, let's start there. Um, I think of my family. I grew up very close with my family. I know it's not everybody's story. Um, that was my story. I, I remember going to school, and, and my mom would pack my lunches in these Bob Red Mill flower bags because you could get a lot of uses out of them. So she'd always tell me, you've got to bring the bags back. And it was kind of embarrassing. But, um, but the sandwiches were homemade bread. But there, there oftentimes would be these notes from her, right, just telling me how much she loved me and that she prayed for me. And um, my mom was really present with me. And, and I, didn't, I didn't really get that, you know. It's just like, that's my mom, you know, stop, mom, stop embarrassing me. You know, and, and every cross-country meet I had or track meet, they were there, they were present. Um, probably this is best exemplified, though, by when I ended up going to Washington State University, which is a good six hours away. And uh, I, I went early because I was uh, going to run on their cross-country team, and I got this really bad sinus infection. And so here I am, like, supposed to be running at this Division I school, and I have over 100-degree temperature, and I, I can barely even walk. It would just it wipe me out. And so my mom stayed, and for four days, she slept on the other bed in my dorm room, right, and, like, fed me and cared for me, and it was just present. That's a hard way to start college, right? <laughs> <laughs> think of all those dynamics your mom hanging out with you you know she's like helping you into get the food and um and yet it also created this like real clear distinction from when then she wasn't present when my parents weren't present there with me you know what presence is is that feeling of safety and belonging not just another human body present with you but knowing that you are loved unconditionally right that that them knowing your faults through and through, they love you and they care for you. That's real, that's presence, right? And unfortunately in our world, our world isn't known for that sort of presence. Um, our world is probably known more for using people, right? Our world is probably known more than for, for creating environments where we're not safe, right? As I, as I was thinking through this, I thought, you know, there's, over 45 million slaves in the world today. Over 45 million slaves in the world today. People just being used, right? And, and, and I even think of really close to home, the Coffee Oasis is opening a home called uh, Terry's House for women who have been 
caught up in the sex trafficking industry, and, and so we're giving them a place to be safe and to heal. And, and we met with the judge in charge of the sex trafficking court. There's a court for this in Kitsap County, right, because it's such a big issue here. And he said, your only problem will be that there, there won't be enough beds, right? There, you're going to constantly have too many people that can go in that home, right, because, because they've been used. And I think this is, the, this is what we're, we're dealing with, this, this challenge of we, we live in a world maybe that isn't used to presence and safety and belonging, but we live in a world that is used to aloneness or isolation or being being used and that deeply affects the way then we approach God right it deeply affects the way we approach God because it's just hard I think it's hard to build relationships and know if we can be safe and know that one who is so powerful can we trust that he actually has like our good in mind our interest in mind so I think that when we approach him we often approach him then to use him right and and even if we don't mean to sometimes we can just even like come on a Sunday to see what we can get instead of coming to magnify him and give glory to him and it's like what do I do with this heart well we see an incredible lesson on this in the story of Palm Sunday so if you if you have your Bibles turn with me to John 12 because Leading into the story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem and everyone worshiping him, before this, what we read, I just want to tell you what happens before it, which is this woman comes to Jesus and, and she is weeping at his feet and she pours perfume on him and she's loving him. And it really in that you get this incredible view of presence. She knows the presence of Jesus. She loves the presence of Jesus. But it's held in stark contrast then to what we see here. This is what we, we find. It says, then the next day after that, the, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Now, Hosanna, this is coming from Psalm 118, and, and it just means save us. Right? So what they're shouting is, save us, save us. They see Jesus as one who could save them. Blessed is he who comes In the name of the Lord, blessed is the King of Israel. So they really see Jesus as this fulfillment of the messianic promise that that someone would come in the line of David, King David, who was a champion. And so they're they're worshiping him for this. And this says, Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a colt. And I think even there they see this prophecy fulfilled. Going on, it says, At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him, that these things had been done to him. Now we're just going to stop there. And, and what, what I want you to see here is while this all is happening, right? These people are like, Hosea! They're like, just so excited. And they're singing a song that Israel had been singing for hundreds of years. It's this, this excitement over the promised Messiah coming. They know the words. They know the songs. They're singing them. But, but I think what we get here for the disciples is that for the disciples, it's just another day. Right? Just another day following Jesus. Right? In their minds, this was just another, another day along, probably 
Another good 20 years they're going to spend with Jesus as he, as he takes Israel by the reins and he leads them into victory. And, and for them, they don't see that what Jesus has been telling them and what Jesus goes on to prepare them for this next week is that he will die on Friday. He's, he's going to die at the end of this week, but they have no clue. They're just like, yeah, okay, get, get your worship over with. Like, we, have, we have another appointment. And so they completely miss it. There's two things. It says they're, they're not aware what has been written. They can't see it. And they're not aware that, that these things are really even happening. And that, that might be hard to understand, but I think looking back, right, is the stories I shared of my experience with my, my family in high school, I think of how little I was aware of, of the love that my mom and dad had for me. And I, and I know I share this, and sometimes after I share about my family, people are like, some people can't relate. And I, I just share because this is my story, you know? I, um, like how little I, I really was aware and responded to their love for me. And I think, you know, when we see this going on, I think, how could they not be aware of who, how could they not hear these words and really, really grasp it? But I think, man, that, that completely is us. And so our big question today is, are you asking for things from God, which I think this is what they're doing, save us, save us, or are you asking for God himself? That's the big, big question. Are you asking for things from God? Because I think we get lost in that, just constantly asking for things. And, and the change to the presence of God being the, the heart of it is, is no longer just asking for things, but we're really asking for God himself. God, that you are a great reward, that if you are what we want, it's, it's not all these other things. Oh, like, man, I really wanted that, and I didn't get it, so I'm, I'm struggling. You know, it's like, like, do we want him? Is he our passion? And the, the big idea, and, and this is, this is, this is really clear. It says the heart of a true Christ follower is love for God's presence. Heart of a true Christ follower is love for God. How much do we love his presence? Because at this moment, they just saw Jesus for what they could use him for. They didn't love his presence. And, and that's what Jesus was there for. Jesus was there to invite them to experience him. And the woman right before got it, when she was like pouring perfume on his feet and weeping at his feet, and everyone else judged her, and Jesus said, don't judge her. She is the only one that gets it here. Right? She's the only one that gets it. Do we get it that, that he is the goal? He is the goal. So there's, there's three things I want to invite you to see just in the ministry of Jesus. And we're going to go kind of beyond just this, what's called the triumphal entry and just to see how the presence of God was the point of Jesus' ministry. And so the, um, if you have your Bibles, again, turn to Matthew 28. This is as Jesus ascends. And the last thing he says is this. It kind of gives the context when it says, When they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And I love always starting the Great Commission with this part because it makes me feel right at home. Right? Sometimes I doubt, but they're there and Jesus is like still instructing those that are doubting. Right? And it says, And Jesus came to them, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so this is the promise of presence, right? The very end, 
Jesus, he's not just commanding us to do stuff, do stuff, do stuff, right? That's not what it means to be a Christ follower. is isn't like, my marching orders, no. No, what it means to be a Christ follower is with the authority of Jesus to go out in his name, but look, it says, and surely I will be with you. There's the promise of his presence that wraps this whole thing up. How is any of this possible? Well, it's possible because all authority, are you guys with me? Yeah, this is exciting. Right? Like, all authority on heaven, everything, under heaven and earth, everything is under the authority of Jesus. That's how this is possible. Jesus has all power. And what he does with that power is he says, I will be with you. So that, that is the promise of his presence, which was the goal all along. Right? Not just that, you could, that he could raise the people to do stuff in his name, but actually that he could fill you and be present with you. And so I think sometimes, and I know we've talked about this before, but sometimes we get so busy trying to be a real good Christian. Right? I just gotta, I, like I know Jesus asked me to do stuff, and I gotta do stuff really well, because I can be a Christian, right? But he's like, but I'm gonna be with you. Like, don't get lost in just activity, like, if you're missing out on his presence, you're missing out on what he, he wanted. It's the promise of his presence. And, and we see this even more clearly as we go to the next, which is the prayer for presence, which we see in John 17. John 17, which is in this week between Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and his crucifixion in this Passion Week, we get a prayer, a long, chapter-long prayer of Jesus. And this is how the whole thing wraps up. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That, this, and this is presence right here. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. How close is our relationship meant to be? Just as close as Jesus is with the Father. Just as close as, just as you are in me and I'm in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. How will the world ever believe that Jesus was sent if, if they see in us that we're experiencing the presence of God? I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, the, the, how much does the Father love us? As much as he loves the Son. That's a whole lot. <laughs> that's, that's a massive amount that's uncalculable, Right? Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and see my glory, the glory you have given me before, uh, given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This is, this is the, called the high priestly prayer of Jesus. What is Jesus' great desire and why did he come? This, that he might fill us with his presence. That's incredible. 
So how do we participate in this? What is, how do we practice this presence of God? Well, um, right before John 17, he shows us throughout chapter 14, 15, and 16. So I just want to take you through some of these verses. It says, uh, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Going on to chapter 15. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So what do we do? How do we, how do we participate in this presence? Well, you ask. You ask not for things, you ask for him. So I, I think sometimes when we... I, I've gotten confused going right because my, my ask has been for so many secondary things. That's what I, I make my focus and my passion. And yet the true heart of a Christ follower isn't for these things that are temporary, but for, for Christ himself to participate in the unity that Jesus experiences with the Father and that he is desiring and praying that you will have with him. And he invites you into that to be a part of this ask that Jesus has of the Father. He invites you to ask of him also, Father, show me your glory. God, show me yourself. Show me how to participate in this. Ask for it. Ask so your joy will be complete. And this, I, as I was sitting for the sermon, this is the craziest thing. I was like, I don't even know how to ask. And honestly, there's that simple part of me that's just like, open your mouth and do it, right? But there's that part of you that I'm like, like what in me is hesitant? And I think, I think we kind of got to work through that. I was, um, on Friday night, um, I was I was trying to get somewhere really quick and uh, and I dur- stopped out here really quick to give Jake something and there was this uh, young man outside of the age range of the coffee that we serve but he he came down twenty nine just came out of treatment and um, in another city and he found his way here and so he goes hey man can you take me to these apartments completely the other direction right and I was like yeah get in the car let's do this and so. And so I was driving him, and, and I just got to talk to him. You know, I just had a short window of time to talk with him. And, um, and so I was like, man, how's it going? You just got out of treatment. And, and he was sharing his challenges. And um, I don't remember how. I said, I said man, well, what, um, like, have you ever thought about asking God to help you? And he goes, no. You know, I went through the, the 12-step program, and I, I think there's a higher power. And he goes, and so we were talking. He goes, but I just don't feel like that higher power power like I don't I just feel kind of lost right now like I don't know if the higher power is like for me and, and wants to help me and I said well what do you think about Jesus he's like well I think I think Jesus is cool I think but at that point I think he was like trying to like make me feel better you know and <laughs> he's like you know you're doing really well Daniel you know? um, and 
Man, but as we started talking, I just got to, I got to pray for him. And, and when I prayed for him there at the very end as he was getting out of the car, like, like these walls came down. He didn't come to know Jesus or anything, but it was that moment he was like, he just looked at me and was like, thank you so much. Like, just thank you. And, um, and you know, I, I think of this, how, what does it look like? And so I challenged him as he left. I go, I mean, I just want to challenge you to, Ask God, um, just ask God if he'll help you. I don't, I don't know what that will look like for you. I mean, ask him if he'll be present with you. Um, but I realized what I was asking him to do is something that I need to do also, right? It's not like, yeah, like I'm just living in this, this cloud of glorious presence. <laughs> uh, you know, for, for me, as I study these things, I, I kind of feel like a beginner again. And that's a really good feeling. And when Jordan and I were down in California um, with these house churches, I, it reminded me of the beginning of this thing called the Refuge Church. Back in 1996, we had this little house church, and, and we would spend a lot of time in prayer, and we would do stuff like, like someone would just bring a song. Like I remember, <laughs> this is probably one of my weirdest memories, but I, it was like OC Supertones, and they had this song, and I was like, you guys got to check this out. Like, it really encouraged me this week. But that's like what we would do. We would just share like, what God was encouraging us with, and, and when we'd pray, like, sometimes somebody would just, like, sing out in a song. And it was, like, this really sweet time. And that's what they were doing down in California. And I, I realized, just as Jordan was like, man, this is cool. This is, you know, I hadn't necessarily seen that before. And I was like, why, have I, why did we let go of that? Like, why did we let go of those things that maybe were really beautiful and intimate? And I think sometimes, you, all of a sudden, you just start living into this idea of, greater things, you know, and, and we're, like, let's not let go of just that, that desire for the presence of God that causes us just to share what he's putting on our hearts and encourage one another with that, to seek his presence together, and so I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you with three things, and the, the first thing is this, I really want to challenge you if you're not a part of a house church, to become a part of one here at the refuge, and and when you go to that, don't go to it thinking, okay, is this going to be as cool as Daniel makes it sound? No, like go to it, as it says in Colossians 3.17, with the word of encouragement, with the song to share, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in you richly so you can share it. Because maybe I need your encouragement that week. Maybe it's not me that comes as the, an elder of the Refuge Church. Maybe I come needing your word, Right? And so that's, that's what I want to encourage you to be a part of and, and learn to participate in. We need one another in that. The second thing, um, if, if you're not um, volunteering at the Coffee Yo or, or want to be a part of the ministry here, I challenge you to be a part of that. Learn to just share your, your faith. <laughs> learn to experience the presence of God and, and maybe learn to speak about the presence of God with someone who doesn't know God at all. Um, I want to challenge you to do that. And lastly, I want to challenge you to ask in the name of Jesus that you will experience the presence of God in a way that you've never done before this year. Right? As we saw in all these verses, ask in Jesus' name. Why do we ask in Jesus' name? Well, we ask in Jesus' name because the name of Jesus, Jesus is the only one that has this eternal affirmation of the Father, right? Like for you and me, we come and we're sinners and we come to God and we're like, 
All we can pray is mercy, right? <laughs> we come in Jesus' name, we, we come with certainty that what he has done has been done for us, and his prayer in John 17 is also for us, right? That's why we pray in Jesus' name, because Jesus has already prayed that we would be one as he is one. They are, they are one, right? And so we're just like, God, you know what Jesus prayed for, and I want that. And so I just want to encourage you to pray in Jesus' name that this year you'll experience the presence of God like never before. And keep asking, keep asking. Don't stop. Pray with me. Father, we do pray in Jesus' name right now that you'll create in us pure desires. Maybe refocus our eyes from our distractions just to want you, to want your presence. I pray that you'll put in this church a desire for one another um, that, that as as we're reading your word or maybe hearing from you, that we'll, we'll also turn to that person that we're, we're walking through life with and, and want to overflow onto them. Just show them what we're reading in scripture, showing what we're hearing in our times of prayer. So we will be one as you, Father, and the Son are one. We want that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.